A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Match Ball. The Matchball is brought to you by Levi Solicitors. You can get 10% off your legal fees if you go to levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Hello, I'm Dan Moylan. With me is Michael Normanton. Hello. So is Moscow White, Daniel Chapman. Hello. Leeds United are a myth. They're a myth. You are they? We only managed about 90 shots on goal, didn't we? He's confused a myth for a legend. That was all right, wasn't it? That was a, a really, really nice game. I didn't enjoy much of the first half because it was quite close, but we just ended up running away with that. What a glorious return that was. It wasn't that close, the first half. I still thought we were better. They had a, a bit, I say a bit, it was probably about 20 minutes towards the end of the half where they looked like they might do something, but they don't, They everything they did that looked good was pure luck and everything we did that looked good was because we're fucking ace. Jack Grealish is supposed to be good, so he had to turn like, 20 minutes of decent football at the end of the first half. Apart from that, just rolled around a bit and Leeds won. Only went down seven times. I was keeping count. So I think I think four of those were giving us free kicks. I mean, we will get round to the goals in a bit, but let's go roughly in the order of the game. And I did spend an awful, probably an inordinate amount of time making notes on Jack Grealish falling over. Because uh, he does, I mean, I see why he does it. And we... To be as fair as we can, we we laugh at Luke Ayling drawing fouls like he does and the Ayling flop. So you understand why Grealish does it, but Christ, it's frustrating to be on the other end of it, isn't it? When you see him like, for example, with Strike, um, when he got the book in, it was a daft tackle to make because Strike, knowing he was up against Grealish, shouldn't have lunged like that. It's always a risk, a risk when you make those sorts of tackles in the Premier League. But Grealish, you saw him change his body shape, didn't you? You'd kick the ball the other way, went straight towards the player and then went spot started going down before the leg was there and then went over it but in real time it immediately looks like a foul and a yellow card I mean he basically had the option to run straight past him but instead chose to move his left leg towards him um, and that meant we had to take off our replacement for Calvin Phillips uh, and we really struggled from that point on so uh, it worked it worked well to take him out of the game It's maybe the uh, the end game of the whole Bielsa project is all our defenders and defensive midfielders just get injured or suspended one by one just don't play with any you mentioned just on Grealish um, the difference with Ailing winning loads of free kicks for his flops with Ailing it's strictly business he goes down gets the ball puts it down free kick done just as right refs whistled free kick now Grealish every single one of those would be like a diplomatic incident we have to go to a courtroom to sort it out that's the difference I did remark at one point during that game didn't I that he kind of he just can't take it when it doesn't go his way You've got to appreciate, if you're playing the game like that, sometimes it's not, but I, he's very entitled. I had some sympathy for Jack Grealish um, a couple of years ago when that Birmingham City fan ran on the pitch and punched him from behind. I remember watching that and thinking, oh, well, we can't have that. And this is terrible. And, you know, a, a derby match is one thing, but it can go too far. And he didn't he, even plant his feet properly, did he? He, he could have been seriously hurt. But 
all I've wanted in every game since, as I've seen more and more of Jack Grealish, is for that to just happen over and over again. I'm in, I'm in favour of it now. I think if we devote more than a minute on that to Grealish, we're doing that game a disservice. So let's move on from that because he lost and didn't make any difference during that game because we were absolutely superb. One of the notes that I did make, and you're talking about the Bielsa plan there, Moscow, I just put players rotating positions and we saw it in the starting lineup. All right, we'll just push, we'll push strike into midfield. Oh, he's got booked and he's a risk for kind of being sent off now. Well, I'll just take him off and put somebody else on. Stick click back there, it's fine. And I thought the way we play tonight, in that fashion, just that ability, just to, all right, we know the game plan. Let's just go out there and execute it. And we were best from start to finish pretty much, weren't we, throughout that whole game. Looking at the at the starting 11 and then the team that finished the game, you think there are obvious defensive frailties there because you've essentially got two wingers at fullback, a fullback at centre-back, um, and you're finishing the game with a with attack-minded midfielder in a holding position. And it didn't matter because we just attacked all the time and that would seem to be our way around it. And they, they had absolutely no way of coping with it. And as soon as we got on top, they completely froze and just looked like they were wanted it to finish. It didn't look like they were, certainly at 2-0, they had no interest of fighting their way back into that. They just were like, oh, for fuck's sake. And it just seemed like they wanted to moan a bit more than normal, but just just having little little goes at each other and at the ref. And I think Barclay had a little pop at Rodrigo at one point and it was just, it was really nice just to watch it unravel. And there was that point in the uh, deep into injury time when we were still attacking. In fact, it was the last attack of the game, wasn't it? Laughing our heads off just now when we're getting seven men into the box against four Villa defenders. And I think it was it Click who went absolutely spare because the ball didn't get pulled back from the byline, which is the typical Bielsa move. Went absolutely nuts because it could have been more. I mean, you look at other chances we had as well, like Pablo's and stuff. So so how do we want to want to tackle the game then? Um, chronological order, goals. Should we save the whole second half of it for Bamford? Yeah. <laughs> He was great though. Let's do let's do Bamford now because he's been the star of this show. So let's get into it and, and talk about his performance. Because there were a couple of moments in that first half where you thought, oh, you should have taken that chance, Patrick. But then you get to the end of the game and you go, well, do you know what? We've made 30 chances tonight. So it's fine. He took three of three out of the, the eight that he had. So it's all right. And it's fine when it comes off because we know how good we are. I wonder if we're still adjusting to the Pat Bamford, well, I'd say 2.0. Are we on 3.0 now, Pat Bamford? I think I feel like I had a, a bit of a, a reinvention after the Derby playoff game where he didn't run much. Then he was just then Patrick who ran and now he does that and scores absolutely loads of goals. When he missed those chances, I think there's a, a slight feeling of, oh, the best, like bad old Patrick Bamford days. Even though they weren't brilliant, there was the one where he should have hit it on his left and weirdly hit it with his right, which is kind of odd given his preference for, for his left foot. But I mean, there weren't. that was the best of the chances. There were a few other like half chances that you maybe expect him to take. But then the second half comes around and he scores chances that you well certainly the the second and the third you, he has absolutely no right to score those back on for 36 now yes he will do yeah yeah what's that what, six in six 38 we play Moscow that's what I meant I, I mean <laughs> maths as we know isn't my friend he's gonna yeah he'll break all records this season I mean presume you say 36 maybe Villa will just foot off at the uh the next game they might just not fancy it after that we don't, know, we don't know what to do play a shit team like Liverpool again um, we will return to Bamford in a second but I've just um, seen a tweet thanks to Sarah Kennedy who's just drawn uh, to our attention and, and the daft Bromley voices are particularly directed towards Gabby Agbonlahor who said that Leeds were a myth Sarah's just saying that on um, on Sky Sports News he's saying that Leeds will only finish 13th or 14th and we only won tonight because of tactics <laughs> It's like, whoa, bloody hell. Hang on, hang on there, Einstein, do you think? What does he even mean by that? That's that's 
but I mean, like sort of jokingly talk about kicking the ball hard as a as a method of scoring goals. But he's serious when he says that they've only won because of tactics, and that is that is true. I suppose <laughs> on it's an odd occasion where he has actually called it right, even if he's calling it right in the most obvious of ways. Well, it was tactics, and by having better players, we won because of football tonight, didn't we? That's what I'm going to say. Mm. It was yes. fo- football that took us there over the line. Was it? Was this initial thing before he's? I'd say he's doubled down on it, but he seems to have said about another dozen things about us since his first idiotic thing. Was it just that we ran all the time and that was it? Yeah, something like that. Which yeah. we which we did, but that's a legitimate way of beating other teams is just by running a lot more than them and a lot so, faster than them. So a lot of kind of competitive sports work it's through <laughs> physical fitness, and then you put ability on top of that and um, combine the two, you can go you can go a long way doing that stuff. He's going to start a blog, isn't he? I think that's his next step. He'll he'll get a like a WordPress account tomorrow and just um, rig his SEO for Leeds fans. I think that's his plan. He, he I would hate to see his written work. I have to say, even his tweets, he struggles with. Um, I mean, the tactics thing is interesting because we're looking at a match where we didn't have Phillips and we didn't have Cooper and Stroik had to go off and Shackleton came on and maybe there is something in it's the strength of the tactics but you've also got to pay tribute to players like Jamie Shackleton who just showed he's a Premier League player tonight didn't he absolutely no problems with Jamie Shackleton playing whatsoever Stroik probably would have been the same because we saw him at Anfield get through a game and was absolutely no danger to um, any Leeds outcome whatsoever Um, and I think they're helped by what goes on around them but also they have to be good as well you you couldn't put eleven Gabriel Bonglehors out there with Bielsa's tactics and win. I mean, and bear in mind Villa's tactics seem to be mainly screaming when they when someone went near them. That, that's, yeah, it wasn't just Grealish either. I noticed it with Louise did it a few times as well. Just I think it was um, might have been when he was trying to get someone when he was trying to get strikes in off. He did a, he did a big yelp and a roll around stuff, and it's just it's very unnecessary. I mean, we are going back to Grealish too often, but the um, the incident that Stroik got booked for it wasn't just the the foul. If you remember, he stayed down for it and then Villa played on and then Mings had the ball. No, it wasn't Mings had the ball. Somebody else had the ball and looked at it and decided they weren't going to put the ball out of play. And then Grealish started limping to his feet and then it went across and now he's on his feet and then Mings puts the ball out of play. And it was just, and there was nothing, you know, you can argue about whether the tackle was a yellow card or not. It certainly didn't need Grealish to be on the floor staggering around as if it was like the death scene, some ham actor in a... a a amateur play in a village hall who takes 20 minutes to die my note for that is Grealish dead then a little arrow and then he says resurrected exclamation mark if he's resurrected why put the ball out if Jesus came rolling out of the cave Mings would probably go along and say oh well, we better stop now I mean <laughs> but, congratulations to them for shithousing their way to a 3-0 defeat yeah they did really well I mean to be fair what I was going to remark before um, is that I've always thought this about Dean Smith's side but the more times we face them the more convinced I am that it's a correct theory that all Dean Smith's sides, whenever we've faced them, and I go back to Brentford in this as well, when, you know, when Watkins dived at Ellen Road, spent the whole game just going over at the, the lightest touch and uh, leaning on the refs and stuff, but bollocks to him, we absolutely took him apart, so let's not talk about them, I don't care about them. Um, one player who I did really enjoy um, watching tonight was, was Rodrigo. Didn't do anything particularly amazing just everything just had that touch of quality about it just his his vision and his passing and finishing probably the only area uh, in that first half where you could have asked for a little bit more from him did you not think that shot was good which one the one that went to Wolverhampton 
Yeah, he, he sort of opened up his body and tried to curl it into the top corner, didn't he? But it went um, a touch high. It's just but, that link-up play I like. I just really like his link-up play and he's just his, he seems to be able to find space. He seems very composed on the ball as well in that way that Pablo does. Pablo kind of operates on his own level, doesn't he, speed-wise. He, he never seems to be moving that quick, but he always seems to just be very calm and find a space and there's a lot of that in Rodrigo. There was a nice moment where he received it in the centre circle and he, he dummied to go one way and then just turned the other and it's just nice bits of intelligent play like that that I think he's going to be good. His well, he already for, is good. His pass for the third. So we need to watch. Yeah, very, very good. And it was also his shot that set up um, Bamford's first as well, wasn't it? Because it was a shot across the keeper, which it was a decent save from him, but he probably couldn't do much else other than palm it out and then it, it can fall to anyone, can't it, there? So. And late on we saw Rafinha. I was all giddy by this point and I'd kind of stopped watching the game. Um, but he looked good, didn't he? He had some some nice moments and that through ball that he threaded as well around the back of the, uh, the fullback, was it, when we attacked down the left-hand side? Just a really, really quality ball late on. He looks good. I think he's um, he's a nice addition to have from the bench. It means we've got someone other than Pablo to bring on because it felt like at the end of last season it was it was Pablo or it was nothing. Whereas now I feel we've got someone else on the bench who can actually change a game. Yeah, there's there's that kind of that anxiety. We we talk a lot in these podcasts about the anxieties from last season, sort of slowly melting away. But last season, all our non-Pablo hopes seemed to be on Held Acosta's shoulders, and he was getting acclimatized to the team and. There will, there will invariably be games when wingers are not necessarily in form or producing their very, very best. And then you think, well, he needs to produce his best because if he's out of form, then what do we do? It's terrifying. And you look to the bench and you've got some children to bring on and then suddenly actually you've got Rafinha. And then if um, if Costa does have a dip in form, you can switch him around, put Costa on the bench and let him have a rest and give Rafinha a go. And that's a nice problem to, be, to have, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, no disrespect to him, but it was Jordan Stevens we were bringing on last season and he's... Uh out on loan at Swindon isn't he now so he did alright for us whenever he came on but I never felt like he was the man to actually turn anything and I mean obviously he didn't Rafinha didn't need to turn anything today because we were already taking the piss by the time he came on um, but it's good to see him, him doing well It was very nice indeed and we, we said um, we were going to talk about Pat Bamford and then we've spent about another 10 minutes not talking about, about Patrick Bamford so we will do him in the second half of this but other thoughts from tonight then um, that first half it was actually it was a bit more balanced, was it? Although we we had a lot of control in that first half, did you feel? like I, mean, I said to you at one point during the game, if we'd been 1-0 in front and playing like that, I probably would have been able to enjoy it a lot more, but I still felt that kind of nil-nil anxiety. Yeah, I was relatively calm that first half, I think. I was mainly getting annoyed at, at things rather than panicking. Um, so I, I, feel, I certainly feel more relaxed. I mean, last year we spent all of our time panicking. We were not going to be in the top two and we're still not in the top two, are we? So... This season is not that, good enough. Is that really good enough to be third at this point? I think I think we need to be pushing on. The Premier League gives you all sorts of prizes for finishing like eighth and ninth or something, isn't it? It's well easy. Um, I think the worry in the first half, or the worry coming into the game, was that you know without Calvin Phillips and um, without Liam Cooper going up against the hundred percenters Aston Villa, who smashed seven past the Premier League champions, who are essentially the same team as won the Champions League the season before. Um, what would they do against a, a makeshift Leeds United defence? Um, as it turned out, so as it became apparent, um, you can sort of, you know, you can do all the kind of preparation for a game and see what you think might happen, but it becomes fairly obvious in some in some ways when you're reading it. They never really looked like they were going to smash us. They didn't then look like they were going to beat us. There was that spell towards the end of the first half when it was just Grealish kind of, clipping the ball in for Watkins but once that didn't work 
Det er meget. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Let's talk about Paddy now then, um, because he scored an absolutely fantastic hat-trick. All credit to him. First one, not quite as spectacular as the second or third, but they all come with equal value and equal weighting. So let's go through the first one. And... Rodrigo with a perfect example of why you shoot across the keeper, kids. Kick, kicking hard and shooting across the keeper. That's what you need to do as a striker. It was a nice counter-attack, was this, though. It was Shackleton and Alioski playing it out. It was um, and then the, coming to Rodrigo for the shot. And I actually think Bamford's finish on this was better than maybe it gets credit for because it was, it was sort of an open goal, but he had Mings, who's quite big, sliding around in front of him. And he, he did actually find the corner. So I'm, I'm saying this is a good finish. It was. There was plenty of ways he could have missed that. Um, and the thing, you mentioned Shackleton at the start, he did the thing that I remember highlighting with, um, was it Rodrigo that did it at, at Anfield of um, telling somebody else to back off because he could see what was going to happen. And Shackleton did that, I think, to click the ball. Either one of them could have played that pass and Shackleton made it clear he was the one who was going to set that counter-attack going. Um, and from there, it just got better and better. And too many of those counter-attacks they don't come off and so when they do um, it's great we do look it's true it's better when we score you're right it is I like it when we score I don't like it as much when we don't no that's less good <laughs> shrewd observation observation Moscow um, I'm right with you there on that one goal number two though um, I've not really put much but I've put P BAMS in capital letters exclamation mark two so uh, that's my notes that's the extent of my recollection of his second goal so you best guide me through this one well, just before this, there was the little incident with Bamford where I think Mings thought he was trying to win a penalty, but I think it was a, a genuine sort of mishap that he seemed to stand on Mings's foot and then get his toe a bit caught and turn his ankle. Um, but it really annoyed Mings, which I was saying was, was nice because mm. I think it's, it's always nice to have angry centre-backs. Um, and then he, he did this. didn't I mean, Just no backlift. Absolutely twatted it into the top corner. This is Bambino, Bambo version, whichever nickname we want to use. Um, taking the absolute piss. And I think it was a lot to do with that Mings incident because it wasn't only the uh, 
um, the presumed dive. And we've mentioned as we're on the domain podcast when we're listening to what other people are talking about. It's surprising how many Premier League fans, which is a thing, don't like Patrick Bamford. And the, the more they talk about hating him, the more I love him, obviously. Um, Ming's dragging him up from the floor by his shirt and strangling him in a, a fashion. I don't think Bamford liked it. One, he's already got a, a hurt ankle. Next thing, he's got Tyrone Mings trying to rag him around like a kitten. Um, so the next time he gets the ball, fine, I'll just smack it in the fucking top corner. Talk us through your uh, kitten care techniques. I mean, uh, it's not my kitten care. A mother cat, if you ever see them, they're pretty rough around the neck of a kitten. Pull it on the shirt. Well, the scruff. <laughs> and I mean, it's not often you see somebody on a football pitch who literally has another player by the scruff of the neck. There it was. I'm surprised that there, there wasn't more again about that from from Mings from VAR because um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if that was okay, Matches Click should have immediately walked over to wherever Jack Grealish was on the pitch and just started doing that to him. Because if that's fine, let's all do what it. What are you doing? Exactly. What are you doing to it, me? It'd be great. It would be wonderful. But instead, we got um, justice from uh, Judge Bamford. Lord, I'm trying to stay away from Lord Bamford. We'll call him. We'll call him uh, Lord Justice Bamford this evening. This <laughs> the shirt, the shirt pull thing. You're right, actually, because in general play, if you uh, pull somebody's shirt in a foul, it's a booking automatically. So, so you wonder. <laughs> it's just get the get the collar and rag them to the floor or up again, as it was in this case. But I don't know what what is the physics if they're being if they're being lifted. Is it because you're taking them to heaven? <laughs> It's funny you mentioned Klitsch uh, with Grealish and what he should have done. He did actually get Grealish booked about a minute after the, the goal because he went down and it upset Grealish that much, who seemed to be insinuating that he'd gone down too easily, which um, <laughs> was some cheek. And the camera actually went to Grealish and I think he said, look at yourself to Klitsch, which is, which is great because we know he really doesn't give a fuck. Like he's not going to take, he's not going to take anything from that other than just thinking... <laughs> <laughs> Did you there, didn't I? Um, returning to Bamford then, Lord Justice Bamford, and that goal. Uh, the thing that was the same between both his second and his third goals, he was in the middle of four players for both of them. I mean, that the strike for that second one was absolutely sensational, wasn't it? He can do it. He did it. And it's great to see him doing it. I don't know. I mean, you could analyse all you want what are the differences in the, the Championship and the Premier League, but it clearly agree with, agrees with him. Um, the difference is the Premier League's a piece of piss. And I think scoring loads of goals agrees with him as well. I think he likes doing that. And, you know, do you know what? I'm I, not under- I like him when he does that. I'm not underrating him being pissed off about Mings as well. I think that's a lot to do with it. I think it's like, right, fine, I'll fucking stick this in the top corner. I think it was See nice. See if I can't. I think it was nice for Bamford as well, given how his last game against Aston Villa finished, which was in that ridiculous holding his face thing. And he was out of form at the time as well. So to come back and do this to him, it's a nice, it's a nice closing of the story, I think. It'll really piss him off, won't it, that? The, the the triple bammy, if you like. Yeah. Do you know, I think the difference is with the Premier League and the Championship and why it suits Bamford is that um, you can't be as physical in the Premier League because you get punished for it immediately. And it's I think it's something we said the other week, actually. There's that safety net of VAR as well, where you know that if you lay a finger on somebody in the box, they might go down. And if the slow-mo replay shows that you've given them a tug or whatever, then that's it. It's going it's to be a penalty. So you find that they're kind of just backing off enough and absolute fair play uh, to Bamford for making himself just that little yard of space on the edge of the um, on the edge of the area because he did have the four players around him. So brilliant! What a strike! They probably didn't expect him to do that though, did they? 
they probably the defenders are probably a bit like, oh well, that's not fair, is it? <laughs> Shooting uh, like that. I think there's an element of that on goal three as well, where people just standing watching him in the box, so he just jabs it into the goal. It's like, oh, it, why did you do that? Imagine what John Terry made of the defending for that. What a dick. The third goal, we do need to give proper credit to Rodrigo as well, because it was a lovely through ball to Costa, wasn't it, on the right-hand side that, that set this one up. And then, I mean, he came to Bamford. He had nowhere to go, did he? But did a little a little jig. I wrote twinkle toes for that. He just um, adjusted his feet and just put this one in as well. And that's a that's a hat-trick, and that's Leeds United 3-0. It was, again, just Mings not not quite able to get close enough to him. Maybe that's why he wanted to... He wanted to carry him at the one point, so so he could get finally get as near as he wished to be. He was like the uh, somebody off a of Viscount's outfit, staring at his neck. The build up to this, my lad Shackleton again. Not only was um, it was I was watching the build up and wondering, not wondering, but I noticed that Rodrigo was very deep the way that Pablo Hernandez likes to be, and I noticed that uh, Shack boy had run up and was near the penalty area, and I thought that was good. He's got himself out of the way and they're, they're obviously doing the right things and in the right places. And then um, Helder Costa, I mean, all night it was just Jackie taking the piss out of Cashy. And um, actually, I suppose Cashew would be more appropriate because he had his nuts taken off. He had cash um, in his pocket, Moscow. That was the obvious one. Why don't you go for that? Because I don't like the obvious one. I, I, I turned him into a, a kind of nut with testicles. That's <laughs> obviously that's better. But the point is, it was um, Jackie doing that all night. And who pops up to set this goal up? It's Helder Costa on the other side because Shackleton's in the box to do a one-two with him. And then um, that needs a lot of credit. Um, so maybe they should get the match ball and share it. And Patford, Patford can't have it. <laughs> Patford. Cash had a very, a very late Ian Hart performance, didn't he? It felt like Harrison just went past him every single time, and it, when he occasionally blocked one, you almost sort of, I almost felt a degree of sympathy, like, oh, I'm kind of, I'm glad he's got one, so he can, he can maybe look at some positives from this. He did that thing towards the end of the first half where he'd been run ragged all, all game so far. So he went right through Jackie, and then he went right through Janny, and I think he walked away going, right, yeah, I've shown them asserted my authority down this wing now um, and then the second half it just got even worse and worse for him I think um, some credit to Alioski as well because he didn't play well on the wing against Manchester City but backing up Jackie from left back I thought his energy really helped Jackie like not have to worry about um, defending too much or um, not being supported obviously Alioski has his own little quirks where he, he always seems to pass the ball like a yard away from where it should be <laughs> But um, played really well, and like I think he contributed a lot to Harrison. Just having, Cash couldn't just tackle or concentrate on Harrison because he always had this mad Macedonian running around, and he had to watch him as well, and it helped. I just looked. Um, Matty Cash's transfer fee was fourteen million pounds, rising to fifteen million pounds. So it's not going to get there, is it? When you put that into context, um, that's more than Robin Cock. Where did they buy him from? Was it Forest? Jesus. The Forest have done well there, haven't they? Spend it on 11 Liam Bridcuts. He was, we've he was good. got a repurposed wingers at, who are about a million quid each at fullback, and they're both really good. Should have done that. <laughs> and hired a good coach, maybe. Do you think that would have worked? How on earth have they paid that much money for him? I assumed he was just some sort of Cause shit, shithead free transfer. It's Villa and the mental. And doesn't he play in the same position as prior to him? Their right back was James Bree, who they paid Barnsley an absolute fortune for. I think at one point he was 
pretty much the highest paid teenager in the championship and last seen on loan at Luton because he wasn't any good for them either. They love pissing money away to Aston Villa. It's um, it's funny. Shame that um, Pablo didn't get that chance in late on as well, wasn't it? That cutback because of all the players you'd want that to fall to under those circumstances. That, and that would have turned it because 3-0 is a comprehensive victory but 4-0 is a rout, isn't it? And it would have been nice if we'd have got the four. And he could have had a touch as well. I don't think he quite realised how much Aston Villa had given up by that point because by the time it was cut back to him I think most of our team was somewhere in, in their box and they had like one player who could be asked to get involved with it so well yeah a bit upsetting but what can you do I'm, I'm not going to um, I'm not going to lose sleep over it so those last seven minutes or so I know stoppage time Villa had a couple of um, desultory efforts but there was about seven or eight minutes towards the end of the game where we were just having a chance a minute there weren't great chances the Pablo one was incredible we had about a quarter of an hour to, to score that but we did just keep coming at them and it could have like we said 26 attempts and a lot of those could have been goals it wasn't like they were speculative or miles away um, so I think we should get some credit for that I know X, XG probably won't even give us three but um, Moscow G I think we should have 20 I can I can tell you what XG gave us. It gave us two point two six. Well, that's less than we scored, so that's not enough. Villa got one point four five, and I'm guessing if one of the probably the best one there will have been the Watkins one, which was at three 0 so it doesn't count anyway. I mean, yeah, Ailing clearing off the line, and Ailing played oh, really yeah, well one. as a centre back, and then uh, Melier threw in. Um, he's done. Melier's good. He makes one good save a match, which is better than when Kiko Casilla made one mad fuck up per match. Um, he made two good saves today, actually. He did the one from Grealish and then from the subsequent corner, he tipped one over the bar as well, which was really good. So I'd say that was mm. so close. I didn't think the one from Grealish was that good. So close together, though, you tend to count them as kind of one, don't you, almost? He really does need a hero nomination, actually, for the saving that Grealish one, because Grealish had taken the piss of it. Oh, he'd... that one, the, the, the goal of the century. Yes, as the commentator said, if that had gone in, we'd have been hearing about it for years. No, you're right. I will and give, I'm so uh, grateful we're not hearing about it. Yeah, Melier deserves so much credit for not letting that in. And that was an example of where in the Premier League you can't just break somebody because fucking try that on a, a Sunday park <laughs> and see how far you get. But yeah, um, if that had been scored, it would have been um, horrendous. <laughs> Could you imagine Grealish poncing about in his really tight bloody shirt and shorts on Sunday League with his socks rolled down and his fucking wafer thin ice cream well ice cream wafer fucking shin pads he'd get booted it'd be a broken leg every game he'd only play two games a season try telling somebody on a parks pitch to look at yourself not gonna go well is it <laughs> look at yourself snap um, well we're into heroes and villains and other heroes I mean obviously Paddy Bamford is right at the top of the tree because he's absolutely smashed those in tonight. Lord Justice Bambo. Yep. Uh, the only yep. one. And I was wondering how he would respond to going a few games without scoring after that hot shot start of the season. But there it is. And as I said before, and if my numbers were wrong, he is back on for the 38 goal target. That's exactly what you said first time round. Any villains or should we just leave this as a very positive evening? No, fuck that. Grealish, Mings... Um, Dean what's his face Smith John Terry Delia Smith not, <laughs> um, John Terry not for tonight just in general um, yeah them lot and I don't know who else all of them I mean I used to like Aston Villa because they had nice kits and I like the stadium as well in fairness yeah the um, 
nice bricks. Was it? Was it you? <laughs> was it you, Moscow? Said though, it's they're polluted by having John Terry nearby and Dean Smith and that kind of whingy. He's got a very sort of bulldog chewing a wasp face as Dean Smith, doesn't he? So he's quite dislikable because of that. Even though he's been quite nice about Leeds, it's just obviously we, you know, we we accumulate petty grievances over the years, don't we? It looks like a, a Brit abroad. Does Dean Smith? I enjoyed um, Dean Smith when he said this week that he'd written a letter of congratulations to Marcelo Bielsa um, when we got promoted and as. You know, we've seen Bielsa when like a kid sends in a drawing, he always kind of signs it and sends it back, which is a beautiful thing that he takes the time to do it. But I noticed um, Smith didn't say anything about him having had any sort of replies. You know, I sent him a, le- a letter to congratulate him, which is a, one of those stories as well that only reflects well on Dean Smith, which will be why he was telling it. I'm such a great guy. I sent Marcelo Bielsa a letter to say how, how well he had done in my gr- great opinion. And I think Marcelo Bielsa probably just wiped his ass on that. I like to think he did. Uh, let's finish then with the words of our former manager, Howard Wilkinson. And obviously we are currently um, championship champions. We won the division. So to quote Wilkinson on the steps of the art gallery, not the balcony. steps, the, the balcony. balcony. I meant the balcony. I fucked up my own reference here, which was, it was going to sound pithy and really cutting, but now I've bollocks it up. I'm still going to do it anyway. He maybe uh, said maybe he said it on the steps as well as he was going up, rehearsing he was, it. He was definitely on the balcony. It was unfortunately for me. Um, in the words of Howard Wilkinson on the art gallery balcony in you 19- better get the quote right as well. It's not word for word. It's not important where he was, is it? I'm telling you, he's on the balcony of the art gallery in 1992. It looks like we're just going to have to go win it no, again. It looks as though. <laughs> Oh, I knew you'd get it. It looks as though we might just have to go and win it again. Dickhead. Right, we'll catch you later in the week. Thanks for listening to this one. See you in a bit. The Match Ball. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.